pickaxe. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Extended rest for the month of September is brought to you today by Easy Roller Dice. You guys have heard us talk about Easy Roller now for a couple of months. We use them at Dragon Con. They are gorgeous sets of dice, both regular, metallic, a whole slew of different color sets. If you go to EasyRollerDice.com, you can take a look at everything they have. We've also seen a bunch of you guys buy sets since we've started talking about them. We, uh, we've seen you share pictures on the group pages and Twitter, all kinds of stuff like that. And everyone seems really happy with them so far. We couldn't be happier that you guys gave them a shot. But if you've been on the fence, really, sincerely, go to EasyRollerDice.com today. Give them a try. Look around. I'm sure you're going to find something that sort of jumps out at you, something that you look at and say, ooh, I have to own these. And if you do give them a try and you do get a set, please let us know what you think of them. We think you're going to be really happy. Without further ado, let's get to Extended Rest. Hi, everybody out there. We're going to get ready and get started. Welcome to Extended Rest for September. I'm Jason. Let's go around the table and introduce everybody. Let's start with Rob, who uh, this is his first time joining us on on a live thing in a while, I believe. Yeah, it's been a bit. Uh, I'm Rob. Uh, I I played Malchus Grimness. I currently play Cassie Drake and uh, Upo, the Druid. Hmm. Uh, And Xavier. Hello, I'm also from Group A. I'm Xavier, and I play Donovan. And I used to play actor on us. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I interrupted you. Uh, And Jamie. Hi there. I'm Jamie. I'm on uh, Group B, and I play Tatiana, a human rogue. Spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I don't know. I'm in Halloween mode right now. Yeah, Halloween's coming up. Oh, okay. Uh, And Karen. Hi, I'm Karen, and I'm from Group B, and I play Callie. And thank God Jamie didn't do like her old characters because it's like I'm one of the only person that goes through the list. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, wow, oh, I forgot. Really yeah, that's... it would have been it would have been real sad. <laughs> uh, and Jasper, hello everybody. I'm Jasper. I used to play Merrick Ethelred, <laughs> and I currently play Merrick Ethelred on Group C. That's my story. <clears throat> well, 
For those of you who have never shown up to an extended rest before, what we do is we recap all the episodes that we posted this month. So we're going to be talking about Arc 2, Episode 10, 11, and 12, uh, Groups A, B, and C, respectively. So let's get started, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, Episode 10, if this will load up. There we go. <sighs> so Episode 10 was Show of Strength. Um, some real quick episode events. Uh, Maddie starts off the episode covered pretty much head to toe in blood. Uh, I believe we rolled for it too. And that, that it wasn't a great start. Uh, group A arrives at the, uh, the Mozog orc camp. Uh, Ubo gets to face off against Orag. Uh, and the group kind of wraps up everything with this weird, tenuous, strained truce with the elves. So, Let's get down to business and talk about the first thing here. <clears throat> um, Maddie slit a Nuval slaver's throat uh, at the end of the last Group A episode. So we open up where she's kind of dealing with that and, and, and covered in blood. And um, Ahsoka kind of helps her deal with that a little bit and, and wants to wants to sort of be there for her. But she's she's being really almost in shock, I guess. How did you guys, uh, how'd you guys think about this? Cause Donovan sorta is a party to this. He witnessed it, at least to some degree, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's more of a thing, like, he's gonna probably address it later when it's probably a better headspace for Maddie. Cause mm-hmm. he, he saw the aftermath and the, the, uh, the whole cleaning the clothes debacle, uh, which was really funny, actually, because the, I think the episode before she established, oh, I have, like, really white clothes and I don't want Amvin to, like, clean my clothes magically. Like, that's all me. Next episode is like, I can't take the blood <laughs> of my own clothes. So, okay, Susan. <laughs> Susan is uh, in the chat and uh, the, the, the title for oh, the hey. specific section of the, uh, of the show was Maddie the Murderer. And yes, technically, everybody... Um, has pretty much murdered somebody at some point on the show. But I just thought it was a cutesy little way to... Because this was not cold-blooded, but there was an This occurred in the heat of the moment. This is this is second degree. This is not... (laughs) Do you think... Okay, let's let's ask everybody on the panel here. Do you think that, uh, given the opportunity, Maddie would have done it again if the circumstances were were the same and, and had time to think about it? Because we don't know, uh, we don't know a ton about Maddie yet. I think it was a genuine shock to everybody on the show. Yeah, definitely. Mm, it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she'd do it again. I mean, obviously, it was deeply traumatizing. But yeah, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like now she knows how it makes her feel. So. Does that make it? Does that make the next one easier, or does that is that like let's step away from this ledge? I think only she can really answer that. Right. Are you saying that she could become a serial killer? Uh, I'm saying with Ubo's help, she could learn to unlock the rage within. That's <laughs> your true potential. Uh, yeah. Well, let's. Okay. Told you about the tragedy of Darth Pelagius, or uh, whatever that beam is. <laughs> let's let's take a step back. How would how would Ubo have, um, how would Ubo have reacted had, uh, had he been kind of privy to all that? Um, I mean, 
honestly, Ubo's kind of in favor of her growing into that, right? Like Ubo, mm. you know, Ubo's position is <laughs> things get killed, you know? Um, so yeah, he's, he doesn't object to that kind of thing. And he really probably kind of hopes that she comes to terms with it and is okay doing it again when needed. Um, Cause he thinks business has to get done. I don't think anybody's going to lose sleep over the, uh, over the slaver, honestly. I, I, oh, yeah. I mean, they're not, they were not great people that you, uh, that you ended up killing off. Um, and obviously the orcs didn't, uh, the, the, the orcs didn't mind that, that going down. So I want to see what, uh, what ends up happening with, with, with Masoka specifically, but Donovan as well, because, James has really been playing up the whole Masoka has a crush on Maddie now and stuff. But in that moment, it, it seemed a little deeper than that. Like, it was like, oh, no, you're really upset. Like, I want to help. Uh, let's see here. So, <clears throat> the Mozog camp. How did you guys think that that was going to go walking in? Can I ask something really quick, Jason? Sure. I'm sorry. Just because I know, like... Myself and Xavier both played with Susan when she was era love. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering how, like, first of all, like Susan, holy moly, I'm your biggest fan right now with your new character. But Xavier, like, how is it playing with the same person with such a drastically different character? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, it's fun. You get to see, like, the the, the full spectrum the full scope of like everybody's like uh, the whatever they can go like uh, find a new i'm looking for a million words right now uh but like uh, how wide they're i don't want to say acting but like jeez i'm having a hard time what english is hard is, today right? yeah but uh it's fun to see them with like different uh, obstacles like in terms of like playing a character different ways to circumvent circumvent the same problems it's really interesting especially like susan doing like things completely different from our air love and even james like doing uh on the like completely different voice like i, mm -hmm. I didn't expect that uh, to happen at all and i think that helps the other players who played with them to like try to match that new energy or new ideas and uh, I try, I try to find inspiration in like both James and Susan uh, in that aspect. I think everyone's done a really good job at that. Not just, not just on Group A, but the show. A lot of people are either playing completely different characters, or they had to come back and add a layer or two to an existing character because it's been a couple of years. So there's new stuff that they're experiencing, or or just a different way you have to act and. Group A, I think, has the largest majority of new characters, right? Because it's only Michael returning as Amvin. Um, maybe, yeah. But I, maybe as opposed to, like, two returning characters in other groups? Like, <clears throat> Yeah, Group mm -hmm. B has uh, had uh, Braylon and Calden, and then Group C had uh, uh, Merrick and Kaluna, and... Uh, and then um, and Elrath and Elrath and oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So that was the most returning characters on Group C, actually. Jesus, yeah. So good lord. So 
you guys get ready to march into this camp and you, you get to drop off these orcs. You, you actually went out, found them, rescued them, brought them back. Um, and again, a, a lot of this is going to be directed specifically at Rob, but you had a while between the two sessions where you knew you were going to have to go back into the camp and you're probably going to have to speak with Orag at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, what was on your mind going into the whole encounter? Um, I mean, I, you know, <clears throat> Ubo had a past with Orag, but this was going to be the first time like I as Rob played with you, you know, presenting Orag and, and kind of feeling out uh, who he was and, and what his, you know, agenda was and all that. Mm-hmm. So it was really kind of just like, okay, I just got to like, I got to stay on my toes and I've got to, you know, absorb this as it comes at me. Um, and, and find out, you know, what I want to say and how I want to react to this. Did, okay. (laughs) I I know that was kind of like, it it was, it was honestly kind of blank slate, right? Because like I knew, I knew what their relationship was and their context was, but the live experience was going to be something that I had to kind of feel out in the moment. Right. So, okay, before you even go into the camp, Aster and Masoka kind of split off because they didn't want, they didn't want anything to do with the orcs. Um, and I feel like everybody else was there from a diplomatic standpoint. Maddie was probably there just to kind of, you know, just solidarity with, um, with Ubo. I feel like <laughs> Donovan just was there for the party or the experience of it. Oh yeah, he had his own agenda. Like that was he was not there for the diplomacy. He was actually surprised to hear there was going to be diplomacy at all. Like he he when he took the job at first, like his goal was to get to an orc encampment and try to do what orcs do. And the fact that he got like he got to do it right away after the mission, he's ecstatic about that. Like he's he he's on a cloud right now, and he's super drunk, so he's in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> was well, he like the only one who failed the fort or the Constitution save? I think he yeah. was. Wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. And it. <laughs> and he wanted been... that drink so bad. He did too. good God. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see like the next part of like the what the the drinking system is now. Because yeah. I, I know it's I know it's not over yet. No, and we got a question about that towards the end, and it wasn't like, well, we'll get into it later. But yeah, I, 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 I want to talk about that. Um, so you're in the orc encampment, and again, um, the the party kind of splits up a bit. So you guys are a four person party heading into this this orc encampment, and orcs have generally been painted. A certain way on the show. Uh, I know g- going into this, a lot of people just paint them as complete savages. Um, and that the group was probably going to get butchered and, and all that stuff. How, how were you guys, not just, uh, not just people in group A, but everyone else kind of listening to it. Wh- what were you thinking about it going in? Like, what did I you mean, think your odds were? I guess. I I knew we weren't going to get just like, you know, flat out butchered by the entire orc encampment, right? Because we're bringing them something of value back. Right. We're bringing, you know, like there's there's no reason to just turn on us and just like, you know, uh, howl like raging baboons and rip us limb from limb, right? Like there's no there, there's no benefit to that. So I knew that wasn't going to be a problem. I just kind of wondered like how how much orag would escalate things um, based on our past. And I my my instinct was if 
he was able to trounce me before and I've only gained like one or two levels since then. I'm, I'm probably not suited to attempt to fight him again. So like this was the wrong time to cross that bridge. Right. Um, so uh, I, I mean, I, I feel like U- Ubo's plot is going to like slowly careen toward tragedy. Right. Cause like eventually the differences between Orag and the chieftain are going to come to a head and Either the chieftain's going to heed Ubo's warnings about, you know, like, hey, like, who knows what he'll do? He's he's feeling very ambitious. He he really wants to take the brutal and conquering kind of route. And you guys, you know, we're we're surrounded by um, other kingdoms that will ally against us and eradicate us. So, like, you know, watch your back, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's just kind of a matter of like, well, will you know, will it be enough? Will will true. Will putting his mind on that possibility be enough to defend him when, you know, Orag eventually has enough of Ubo being the star pupil? Oh, he's the orc that goes out and look at all this good stuff that's happening now that he's communicating with the other races and Mm -hmm. da 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 da. You know, like if those are the stories that keep coming home, you know, this dude's complex is going to just get get lit like a fuse right so right. he definitely um, has a different idea of how things should go than uh than Gorgal does yeah yeah definitely I mean, he, has a different idea like he's he's kind of the you know orc stereotype right like he wants to, he wants to live like the you know wild and crazy orcs that conquer and and you know shoot first shoot later and shoot some more and never ask questions right. um you know um, so yeah, it's, it's a matter of two conflicting ways of, of leading the camp and, and leading the group there. And, you know, the, the question is, is I can't sit there and keep him in check. So will the chieftain be able to sit there and keep him in check? And if he can't, what will I have to do about it at some point? Um, right. cause I feel like he's going to, you know, lead, lead the Mozog to ruin. Well, that's also your, Okay. The, the, te- well, let's talk about the whole treaty thing. Because essentially what Ubo and the others are there to do is vouch for the surrounding countryside. One, it's, it's you telling them, it's like you cannot win a war against two major cities, the elves, uh, to, to, to the west of you. And anybody else who would see you as a big threat, that the, the other orc encampment that you left, you you can't win against everybody, right? But at the same mm-hmm. time, you're also vouching for them that if they were to agree to a ceasefire, so would the elves, so would the other – no one's going to touch anybody, right? So I guess my question is, do you think everybody's going to stick to this agreement? I mean, it, it wouldn't be even remotely realistic if there weren't some people who were like, I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to exploit this ceasefire. Um, either either I'm going to exploit this ceasefire to get, you know, get some work done on these guys or someone who was like, um, I don't even want a ceasefire, you know, so I'm going to go rogue and like instigate to make sure the ceasefire falls apart. Right. So. Mm-hmm. It's going to require an effort on the parts of the orcs, the elves, and Winterhaven um, to keep this thing steady. Um, and and you know who knows if who knows if all three can pull that off, right? Like it's right. it's it's spinning plates, I think. Um, so something I, I would say something is almost destined to fall apart, uh, and so we're just going to have to cope with that when the time comes. Hmm. 
if okay, let me let me go around the uh, let me go around the table real quick. Who do you think would be the first to violate something like that? Um, Jasper, we'll start with you. Who would be the first to violate something like that? Yeah, if if someone were to cave and take matters into their own hands and say, "Hey, I'm going to take advantage of this situation because no one's fighting right now," who do you think would who do you think I, would be the first to jump the gun? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't even have a a, a way of even thinking about it. Um, I don't have a good answer. I honestly don't have a good answer. Hmm. Um, Karen, what about you? Uh, I mean, like, I don't know. I just, I guess it just depends on like circumstances. Cause like, while I was listening to the episode, you're talking about how like they keep like cutting down parts of the forest and then building in that area. Like, yeah, it doesn't look like they're doing anything to the forest, but they're definitely like expanding. So and if they keep doing that, maybe the elves. I'm seeing a lot of elves in the chat. It's like uh, Beaver Panda. Yeah. The elves will attack the orcs. Irish Katana, Pretana, Moonshot will cave first. Laser Sniper. Yeah, the elves have itchy bow fingers. <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't want to. I just don't want to be like, oh yeah, definitely the orcs because, like, if nothing's going on, they're like bored or something. But it it, it could go either way, honestly. Right. I think. So. Okay, an offshoot question. Let's say that – let's say it was the elves, and, and I'm talking specifically to Group A here. Let's say the elves jump the gun first because we have – we're playing tomorrow, um, and and we'll be tackling some of these questions. But let's say Group A goes to speak with the, the elves at some point, and they say, no, fuck that. We're going to keep going just because, uh, like, they're encroaching on the forest. They're not, they've already done so much damage. Why would we wait? That type of thing. What would be the next step? So you're saying if the elves, if the elves pop off. Yeah. Um, because I don't, again, I don't want to speak for Kelsey. I've seen Kelsey post a couple times, fuck orcs, all that stuff. So, Kelsey's character obviously has some feelings about this entire situation. I'm, I'm interested to see how this would play out diplomatically. I don't see Winterhaven as coming to the defense of the orcs because the orcs and Winterhaven don't have a strong enough, long-term enough relationship for that to be a thing where Winterhaven says like, Hey, like we're going to stand against the elves for you. Um, so I, I think if that happens, I think the orcs probably get eradicated, which puts all of our group in a really awkward position, uh, yeah. if we're thinking about whether or not to intercede, right? Cause we've got a group of, um, mixed sympathies, let's say. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. See, like for the first, so for the first part of your question where it's like, who's going to cave first, mm-hmm. I think that's really going to all depend on dice rolls. Because it's gonna, um, like I, I, like it's hard to say. So I really think it's just all gonna be dice rolls. If the scenario that you presented, where the elves are like, "Fuck no," I would think that the next logical step would be to try to find some sort of common enemy between the elves and the orcs, mm. so that they could make make it work. Tim Gunn, mm. make it work. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that yeah. seems like the only logical step because if the elves are not willing to budge, you kind of have to like 
give them something that they would hate more than working with the orcs. See, that's interesting. Let's go find another big red dragon. <laughs> I mean, there's a giant black dragon just chilling in a city. Yeah. yeah. For glory. Someone suggested, someone suggested everyone unite against sexy kobolds. That's, <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I, I love against. that. Susan in the chat. I remember the days when we could just fight a random kobold. Those were the yeah. old days. <laughs> but I mean, like, and I know, like, especially in group A, some, some, of, some of the members are aligned with one or the other group. But, like, for other people like Masoka and Donovan, uh, I don't know where Maddie's allegiances would fall at this point, probably on Ubo's side, but uh, I don't know if like full on war breaks out, like how, how involved are we going to be uh, in that situation? Are we going to try to be the, the element that resolves the whole thing? Or are we going to take some distance from it, especially since we have conflicting allegiances within the party? So I, I'd be really interested in seeing where that goes. See, that's something I wanted to talk about too, because the, 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 the makeup of this party is pretty interesting in that, obviously, you kind of have Ubo and Maddie doing their buddy cop thing, and, and Maddie wants to help Ubo fit in, but also probably really cares about his situation with the orcs and all that. And then on the other side, you got Aster. Aster is, very much on the side of the forest, at least so far, in the elves and all that. And we've already seen just a little bit of friction with Aster and Ubo. And I feel like, uh, I, I feel like, one, Amvin is kind of in the middle, so is Donovan, so is, uh, so is Masoka. I, I, I would kind of wonder if, if things get, um, too much more heated and, and sides are kind of chosen, I, I would kind of wonder how that would affect the, the, the party. I'm like best case scenario we don't we don't have to split because we need we stick to character like motivations we can probably try to make it work so that we can continue on with the show and the same group but um no yeah that's going to be super interesting for sure and probably going to happen pretty soon I mean we're going to see both sides prevented or uh, presented at least um with the orcs and elves and then winterhaven and all that um Kelsey in the chat. Aster cares about the group. Like, even Ubo is cool for an orc. But, but if the elves go to war, they won't abandon their people. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're jumping way down the line. We'll see how it all shakes out. Can can I jump back in since I had a, a crappy answer earlier? You didn't have a crappy answer, but yeah. Well, I don't know in. how to answer it. Like, I don't, I don't, if, I, I think somebody said it earlier. It's just like, it just depends on the circumstances. And then later, Jamie, it's like, yeah, it's going to be dice rolls. And uh, here's from a macro point of view, though, I feel like if I were to step way outside of this, forget the group, but just think about the overall thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like the elves could be, they could just sort of, I know they're itchy, but wait, wait, wait. Okay, that's enough. And then destroy, like, just take care of the orcs. Just done. That's it. It's over. <laughs> See, I, I'm wondering where this... Why go to a big war when you can just eventually find some way to be able to just take care of it? Yeah, right. you'll have, you know, just basically you pass the threshold and it's like, okay, that's it, enough. And then 30 minutes later, everybody's dead. 
I'm really wondering where the elves got this reputation of being itchy. Like, why, <laughs> like <laughs> what did they do? Their forest has been chopped down for decades now Surely and burned. And if they were itchy, they would have murdered everybody in Overwatch a long time <laughs> ago. And they're not Eladrins, too. Like, they're, mm. they're, they're going to handle it differently, I'm sure. I don't know that I feel like they're quote unquote itchy, but like just that they're so dramatically stronger than a subset of the orcs. That's just this little camp separated from the greater body of the orcs that like, you know, if they're, they're showing restraint for it to be like it is right now. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if they, who knows what happens if they get like, you know, too annoyed or, you know, uh, you know, too many more trees get cut down or whatever. Right. And it- I feel like um, there's just like so much has happened to them and everyone's just waiting for them to snap is what it is. That's what I guess I'm getting at is like I think about this as if we could go sort of Lord of the Rings elves and you sort of just think of, like, of just elves sort of hanging out by them themselves and being like the rest of the world is nothing and all of a sudden something's knocking on their door and they're like please don't knock again please don't knock again nuclear bomb like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's i feel like there's a threat well, that escalated that, quickly <laughs> well that's the thing is that it has it's been it's escalated for generations you know or, yeah. or it's right been, so well okay if you're talking about well, let's take just the last 20 years um you know, Overdale becomes Overwatch. They start building an army. They start eating into the forest. That war goes on for a long time. Then we close that out with a friggin' dragon attack that, that burns yeah. a third of the evergreen down. Then after all that is finally settled, you get these orcs just positioning themselves next to the forest and gobbling it up. It's eventually, you know, they're going to push back. And the thing <laughs> is, an orc, one orc, could probably take on several elves in hand-to-hand combat, but the elves don't necessarily need to engage in hand-to-hand mm-hmm. combat. So I feel like the orcs are just going to end up becoming, unfortunately, becoming the last straw that right. they didn't mean to become. Right? So it's just that. Uh, uh, okay. Anyway, it, it, I'm done. It, it's interesting. I does anyone have any closing thoughts about episode uh, episode ten? Okay, so um, yeah, maybe one closing thought Whoa. about the about the the drunkenness. I was really torn between playing into it more and like not fucking this up for the people who were involved with like the diplomacy and like not make this about Donovan. But the fact that Donovan was the only one to like actually fail this save and get drunk was just like it was like a little gift that the guys <laughs> gave me, just like the opportunity to go go along with it. And yeah, so at the same time, I really wanted to like lean on it more but i like i thought better of it because it probably would have taken away from the rest of the scene and like we can still like resolve whatever's whatever's gonna happen next session with uh with his uh blood toxicity and that's that that's something again i i want to get into all this uh, a little bit later because i know we have a couple of direct questions about it but that's <laughs> that's one of those things where you pushed for it the entire session and then it just kind of happened. And um, in fifth edition, in in four, we pretty much had like um, you either pass or fail, and we kind of move on. And I wanted it to feel a little more like actually getting drunk. Um, the problem is, 
You guys were just drinking top shelf distilled. It's basically, it basically turpentine is what it is. Like it's poison. <laughs> and but you, everyone else was fine. Every well, yeah. I, and, <laughs> and, and we're gonna yeah, we're gonna get into it and stuff. But like, I really. I wish we would have started with like ale. <laughs> like, I wish we could have started with something small to kind of show it's like, oh yeah, it's a gradual build and all that. No one, I mean, besides Brie, um, can drink like the equivalent of one beer and get sloshed. <laughs> but, um, uh, most, <laughs> uh, I'm most, just waiting for her response. In the I chat. am, I'm going to get it. It's not, I'm not wrong, but, um, yeah, I'm 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 kind of waiting to I'm waiting to see the after effects too because boy, um hangovers, <laughs> man. Yep, there we are. <laughs> oh my god. Let's talk about <laughs> Let's talk about episode 11. The bar scene. Uh so if anyone remembers what happened to group B uh, in their in their last outing, uh Calden lost a hand to razor flies. Uh, then in trying to perform some triage and, 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 and get him, uh, get him in a state where he could be up and moving around, the group makes camp just outside of the silver glade and, uh, a briar troll attacks them and they manage to get away. So the opening of episode 11 is them, uh, kind of getting their, getting their stuff together and, and, uh, deciding what to do. Their original plan was, of course, to, Go in, uh, go and find the Fang or, or meet him on the road and sneak Braylon and Calden in as prisoners and then try to infiltrate and, and, uh, and, and get to the leaders of the Fang. Uh, they end up getting to the, the, the new and improved Lockfort and we kind of get to explore that town just a little bit on the show. Uh, we get to meet, uh, Trent and Ripley. Um, and then, uh, we find out that there might be, uh, something bad happening to Donhurst, uh, coming up. So <clears throat> let's talk about, uh, sort of recouping after, after, um, the attack in the last episode. Uh, how, how were you guys feeling about continuing with the plan after, uh, after everything that happened to Calden and you guys sort of limping into town? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eh. Eh. Yep. That that about sums it up. I would say. <laughs> I mean, like Callie wasn't too keen on doing it, anyways. So now, like, there's just like one more level to it, and she's like, "Do we have to?" If you had to do it over again, what would and you were calling the shots? What would you? What would you have chosen for the group? Not to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but to go where is my question because... Oh, I mean, like, we were planning on going to Lockford and, like, the Silver Glade anyway, so I would have done that, but not got involved in all of that fang stuff. Ah. Uh, but you met a lovely, lovely hmm. young suitor in, uh, in Lockford. <laughs> yeah, I totally did. <laughs> Let me okay. Let's just jump into it because this is uh, Jesus Christ. I have gotten the most shit this week about these voices. Yeah, it, it's deserved though. Okay, is this compared to Darmok? 
I don't know. Ask Jamie, because like I've gotten (laughs) Trent is just annoying, but Trent is supposed to be this abrasive, um, obnoxious kind of sleazy frat guy type of person, Mm -hmm. like a real frisbee golfer. This Trent. Um, that's like a really great derogatory term. That's <laughs> frisbee, frisbee golfers. Ugh. Um, and uh, Callie gets to gets to know him over over the course. Let, let's let's start with Trent and move on because uh, essentially, Calden and and Braylon are are not doing so well. Right? They're they're exhausted. They're kind of beat up, and. Uh, Braylon threw everything he had into healing and was just exhausted. Calden obviously lost a limb and was, was recuperating. So they stayed behind at the inn. Uh, we, uh, you guys met Gabby and checked in and stuff. And all the ladies of Group B decided to head on over to the, the tavern where it sounded like there's this massive party and you walk in. And there's dozens of Fang members. Instead of just the leaders, like you, you figured there'd be four or five people, there's dozens of them. Um, how, how did this kind of change things for you guys? How did you, how did you, did, did, did the plan change in your head? Was it just to scope things out? Were you planning on taking a swipe at somebody? How, how were you going to do it? Um, I don't think that the plan was ever to go in there to initiate some type of brawl. I think at least for Tatiana, it was to, for one, selfishly to see Ripley and two, um, to gather some information. And once they saw how many people were in there, I think that was when in, in Tatiana's mind, like, okay, plan needs to change. (laughs) I think like, I don't know. I felt more like when we were going into it, we thought it was going to be a lot more, like low key, like I don't know why we thought that, <laughs> <laughs> but like right off the bat, it was like, oh no, all eyes on us. Even though we were trying to just be like checking things out. Okay, well, you're walking into the bar, and Trent walks out to greet you. At that point, is there any party that's like, you know what? No, never mind. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) you sounded you sounded so disenfranchised by the way when we're doing this episode i'm sorry no like you 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 were game for it but it sounded like you were just having a miserable time getting to know trent i you know i like was trying to have like i was trying to figure out how callie would actually like react to him so it was like a lot of like i there's like ways I wanted to go, but I'm like, no, that's not right. No, that's not right. So it was like hard to, for me to like really be, uh, I don't know what I'm looking for, but like hard for me to like figure out exactly how I wanted to go with it. And then it just got awkward. <laughs> <laughs> you had the well, bartender looking out though. Yeah. I know. Well, wait, Good okay. Bartender. Were you, were you planning on like seducing him? No. Absolutely not. Jeez, that was a hard no. Damn. (laughs) No. (laughs) But, like, he kept, like, trying to get stuff and, like, wasn't into that. (laughs) Get stuff. 
<laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> Xavier, I did loved you have Trent. A... I thought he was great. Did you? I thought Trent was great too. I should have known from the beginning. I don't know why it was such a like surprise when he's like, "My name is Trent." <laughs> For me, it was when you said uh, that he had, like, these dreadlocks. I was like, there he is. That's, That's Trent. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, wanted him Trent. to... Oh, my God. I wanted him to be the worst. I We had, yes. a, we had a couple of questions. Uh, I, we had a couple of questions like, who the fuck is Trent? Because <laughs> it started out as a joke on on group four i think it was we were mm-hmm. we were kind of valerie got the ball rolling and we like she thought trent was a person in the world so we were like who the fuck is trent and we, we started joking about what a trent would be and i just started taking all of that and compiling it into the worst character and i i it's like okay well who would a trent hang out with and like these guys it's just perfect like so i I'm glad he exists. He's the <laughs> worst. Um, Ripley. I wanted to talk about Ripley. I I don't know. Maybe Ripley's the worst. Jesus. Um, <laughs> we got, this is the voice I've gotten the most shit about this week. Uh, and That's for any, why? Well, for anybody out there who listened with headphones, I'm very sorry. Uh, I I was. I want to blame Jamie for some of this. Um, do you want to talk about the Excuse creation? Excuse me? You're, it's your fault. You did it. I, didn't, I did not put that voice into that character, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Do you want to talk about, like, Ripley as a character, creating him? Um... Sure. <clears throat> so, uh, so uh, I had sort of envisioned Ripley as being this like sleaze bag dude um, who Tatiana beats and joins up with, which we'll probably get into at some point later in the story. Um, but at the same time, like he's got this weird sort of like almost. I don't want to say charismatic because it does not fit. <laughs> he thinks he's charismatic. He that's what it is. It's he thinks he's an extremely charismatic person and that uh he can manipulate any situation. Um and that's sort of the outline of what I have for him. And like do like, you uh, it- is this okay? So a lot of your character right now has um, has history with Ripley. Did it make it better or worse when you actually got to interact with him? Worse. Okay. It made it way worse because in my mind, and even still for the character, like there was a time when Tatiana did love Ripley, mm-hmm. and so meeting him as Jamie. <laughs> I'm like, Tatiana, girl, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's obviously a sleazebag, but I had to play it as the character. Um, and even still, moving forward, depending on whatever 
you know, group B does, she's still going to have that in the back of her mind of like, you know, you fucked me over, but I can't help it. I still. Oh, uh, so there's still, there still could be feelings like, so this is like a terrible abusive relationship. Very much so. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, because they were together for a while, yeah. you know, like a couple years. So yeah. it's not just like a "oh, you fucked me over," I'm, I hate you forever. It's a "oh, you fucked me over," and I'm hurt. Type of revenge she seeks. <laughs> so okay, let me ask the question: Is there something Ripley could do that would make it up to Tatiana? Ah. <sighs> uh. That's that's a tough one. That is a tough one because to Jamie, it's no. Right. But I would have. I think I would have to think about it, um, and it would depend on what it was, really. You know. Unfortunately. That's very <laughs> like interesting. I, I know that the the plan moving forward for Group B, as it currently stands, is that we are going to kill Ripley. But I. Hope that the group does not leave it up to Tatiana to do that. That's all I'll say. Very interesting. Oh man, I can't wait to I can't wait to find out more about that. Um Possibly, Susan. Very very that that is a, a good one. That could happen. Uh Susan in the chat says, uh giving her a tie to the black hand and how to take her down. Do you think that Ripley would have that kind of knowledge? Uh no he uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I really it's hard to say because it's like what Ripley thinks of himself and then what Ripley really is you know mm-hmm. he probably thinks that he's more connected than he actually is but if he did have that type of information and he somehow managed to get it across Tiana that he wanted to quote change oh no it would I I have to I that's how I created her oh I can't my help it. God, Tatiana Jamie literally is literally the I can change him. Of All of the listeners out there, Jamie is not an approponent of this. If somebody, if somebody treats you this way, they do not deserve you. But Tatiana is still young. Wow, that's interesting. Wow. I didn't pe- – see, that's that's interesting because I wouldn't peg Tatiana as being that type of person. The I can change him, you, you just don't know him like I do, that type of thing. That's – that's really interesting. She seems really savvy, especially after going to prison for him. Yeah. Well, she wow. definitely, I would say that Tatiana definitely wants to sort of exude a tough exterior. And to a point, she does have that. But like coming from the family that she comes from, it's, it's hard to say she doesn't have like a, a easily meltable heart, you know? Right. How would Callie react if she saw that type of thing going on? Because Callie really didn't get a chance to interact with Ripley. Right. So, like, she doesn't really know how, quote-unquote, bad he really is. But, like, I think, like, if she knew a little bit more about their history and, like, the things that have happened, it'd be, like, girl talk time. Like, really. (laughs) Let's sit down. Let's hash this out. This ain't happening. Um, She got your back. (laughs) <laughs> talking out of character for a second, we were <laughs> uh, me, Karen and Brie were kind of joking before, before we got everybody in the call. Valerie's 
<laughs> Valerie was hurt that no one in the bar hit on her character. Oh, and then yeah, when someone did hit that. on her character, she instantly <laughs> went, no, I don't want this. <laughs> was the decision, uh, was the decision to kind of jump in and just pose as a couple with her? Like, was that like, oh, I know I'm going to do this thing if it gets bad. Or was it just an on the fly decision? Totally on the fly. Mm-hmm. Totally on the fly. But Ta- Tatiana was into it, so it's fine. Whoa. <laughs> Not like the, in the, like, I want to make my ex jealous sort of way. Yeah. Uh, no, it's definitely like, I want this attention. Oh, no, I don't want this attention. How do I get this attention off of me? <laughs> <laughs> Adorable. It, it happened in the span of, like, 30 seconds. Yep. <laughs> Oh my god. So the you end up having this little uh this little conversation with, with Ripley, uh Tatiana and Elena do. And he essentially offers you a spot and, and the way he I I know I was playing him, but he's the worst fucking scumbag because of the way he poses it all. It's like, oh man, I you went to prison. you can make it up to me by doing this thing. Like he's not only posing it as it's your fault that you went to prison, mm. but it inconvenienced him. Mm-hmm. Um, w- w- <laughs> Let's say there wasn't anybody there but Tatiana, Elena, and Ripley. Would your actions have changed? Probably. <laughs> Interesting. For the violence or just telling him off? Um I would I would maybe a mixture of both. I would say probably a mixture of both. Like it would probably be like a I'm calling you on your shit, bro. Mm. And then it would turn violent. Um because I feel like Ripley would know exactly what to say to piss Tatiana off. And if you were to do that, you know, it would obviously punches would get thrown. But right, I don't know how violent it would get. It would really depend. There's, um, there's a strange sense of pride <laughs> I have <laughs> looking at the chat. It looks <laughs> like, please kill him. He's a manipulative bastard. Is what he is. Um, that just made me angry for her. <laughs> like stuff like that. It's like. Good. I'm going to stay the course because that's exactly what you have described to me that he is. So, yeah, I, oh man. Um, and finally, the group reconvenes and gets together, and um, you you end up speaking to Gabby, who runs the counter at the at the inn, and then you find out that this book that she's sort of been reading the entire time has been Brock's journal, one of the members of the Fang. And uh, through that, you find out that, and Rob, you might want to listen to this bit, because I've gotten a lot of emails about it. You find out that the Fang is doing a favor for the Black Hand in trying to find this bell. Uh, and they've tracked it down to the city of Donhurst. 
And their plan is a bit of a snatch and grab, going in there with hundreds of people strong and just kind of taking the thing. Um, what <laughs> you guys, we pretty much ended the episode with you guys talking about that, but do one, do you think that's a viable plan? Something they could pull off? Uh, and two, is that something that you think either Tatiana and Callie would be interested in, or the group as a whole? Do you think that'd be something that you guys would be interested in preventing and stopping? Hmm. I think, like, if we as a group got involved with that, it could go, like, one of two ways. Where, like, if we went up there and somehow found this bell ahead of them, like, we could use it as leverage with the black hand, but also it could, like, make us bigger targets. So it's like, why do we want to get involved with that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. But I don't know. Yeah, I see that point too, Karen, for sure. Um, it's it's tough to not see, and like for the characters not to see what's immediately at hand, which is um, Calvin and Braylon's safety. Mm. So it's sort of like, do we want to <laughs> do we want to go for that, or do we want to try to be proactive? with the the thought that it might backfire. Hmm. Um, does anybody else on the panel have any thoughts about that? Do you think this is a threat to Donhurst? Do you think these guys are organized enough to be able to pose any kind of threat to a city? I don't know if we know enough about all of them. Like we know about the main characters like that are tied to the, the PCs, but like, I don't know if there's some like, cause a, f- a full frontal assault, I don't know if they could do it. Cause it's, if I remember correctly and from the chat, I can see like a, it's a fortified city like that used to mm-hmm. fight against orcs. But I don't know if they're like more of the, the, the subtle kind. If there's a bunch of, bunch of sneaky people in there, like if it's a snatch and grab, then yeah, more, more than likely it's going to be like a, uh, under the shadows kind of operation more than that. Just a, an all, all around raid. Well, too, it didn't necessarily say that they were going after the city of Donhurst. Well, they got to get in. Yeah. Going to Donhurst to get a bell, which could be like somewhere outside of the city. And I think it was more the bell part that we were concerned about. I think it also like depends on like the state of the city too, because mm-hmm. like the last time that I think like anybody saw them was like you know in Arc One they were all closed up and they weren't letting anybody in or out, and it's like how cautious are they still being about letting people come in? Are they going to be able to get everybody in there that they're planning to? Well, let's go back to the bell for a second. Um. One, because I've seen people discuss this, do you think it's the same bell from the DRP episode? I mean, what are the chances there's two bells? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two bells. <laughs> but because I want it to be, yes, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's, let's delve into that then. Why do you think the hand wants it? Well, it gives a power... Well, like, that's all meta and, like, table, like... 
uh, yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. Like, but uh, it's it allows to uh, resurrect someone, if I remember correctly. That's what I the rumors. If I keep talking high pitched. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, because uh, if we remember from, I don't know, uh, last arc, uh, I don't know, there's some pretty powerful people that the Black Hand was working with that are no longer alive. And I'm like, oh, you know, it could be a, could be a plan of some sorts. Rob, what about you? Um, like, do I think that it's the same bell or, or is that the question? I, I'm pretty sure we're done being coy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody here is pretty much like, yes, it is you asshole. Uh, so what, why do you think, uh, why do you think the black hand would want something like that? Um, I mean, we're talking about a, what a magic item is. Vecna in Theria is a god of what secrets and undead. Uh, pretty much, yeah, undeath. Um, that pretty much, yeah, that. And and uh, in Therian canon, it's to guard the seal to make sure demons don't escape into uh, into everyday life. Hmm. Um. I mean, I I guess I don't necessarily know enough about the Black Hand's agenda, like as an independent group, to really predict what they'd want to do with it. Um, obviously any sort of freeing demons into the material plane is, is bad news for everybody. So I'm, yeah, I, I would say I'd, I'd have to know a little more about the black hand, like as a, as an agenda driven group and not just those people, what hands we cut off that one time. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Someone in the chat said, uh, Sorry. Someone in the chat said, like, bring back the old black hand. Like, I can see her just going like, oh, this is too much. Just take it back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Brie. Wow, we're getting a lot of questions. Uh, Brie, do you think she could resurrect one of the gods' meat puppets to get that god out of the picture? I can't answer that question. That's... Too much. It's, there's a lot of things that one might be able to do with a bell like that. What? I think I read somewhere, like maybe on like the fan page group or like chat, someone mentioned like Darmok bringing Darmok back. And Darmok in it, it'd be great. <laughs> I don't know if anybody would be in the call with me after after that. <laughs> we... <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It, we'll we'll I guess we'll wait and see. Um, but let's move <gasps> I on. I have no idea. I I, I can't <laughs> look. I am a I'm a curious third party like you guys. I don't know. One of my favorite things that Val has ever said. She goes, "Well, you do know, Jason. You do." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like that, too. <laughs> that, well, I, I'm not going to tell you feels ruder to say. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no, like, way to express a smiley face emoji through uh, a <laughs> voice. It's been five and a half years, and that's still one of my favorite things to do to people who ask me questions <laughs> like, in the middle of the night. It's, oh, it's like t- being tickled when you don't want to be tickled. <laughs> Like, stop, stop. Oh, please stop, please stop. I will just have to see smiley face. Fuck, go fuck yourself. 
my god. Um, let's talk about Arc 2, Episode 12, Heat and Sand. Um, for those of you who are a little behind on episodes, why the hell are you listening to this? But, um, uh, Elrath has been sick. Uh, sick with a little disease called slough fever. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this illness, it essentially breaks down your body. Uh, until eventually your skin kind of turns to this um, gelatinous ooze and just sort of sloughs off of your body. Uh, mm. Your organs liquefy. It is a very painful and slow death. Now, so far, Alarath's been doing great with con checks, uh, and it's held the disease off a bit. Although, the longer this goes on, uh, the worse these checks are going to get, and eventually... Her body's just going to break down. So, at the end of the last episode, uh, Group C was sort of faced with a with a choice. They could either take the longer trip up to Brightport, which is a major city, uh, and try to find a cleric who is skilled enough to get rid of this illness, or they could take a shorter uh, a shorter trip through the the, the desert known as the Wastes to the city of Onakal, which has recently been built up a bit. They decided to take uh, take a chance and go to Onakal. Uh, so some notable events in this episode. They, they leave Whitehedge, head south, uh, and they end up traveling through the desert. Um, we're going to talk about Elrath and, and uh, the illness a bit. Um, a sandstorm actually uh, befalls the group and they have to hunker down. And uh, they found a little something in the sand. We're gonna we're gonna talk about too. Um, but first up, um, let's talk about the desert. Let's let's talk about that real quick, because we have some questions uh, from listeners that essentially break down to why 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 go to Onakal? What do you what do you feel like is going to happen if you get there? Because essentially, it's mostly a ladrin now. Supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. Uh, uh, is that the question? Like, why the hell do we do that? Well, we'll talk about why the hell do we do that later, but wh- my, my question to you is essentially, do you think this trip is going to be worth it? No, this was a horrible idea. This was, horrible, <laughs> this was the worst thing we could have done. No, this was absolutely bad. We should have gone to the mountains looking for the other half of the, of the, of the cure. Like, this was just a stupid idea. But the truth is, is that in character and all of us thinking this is not okay. Like mm-hmm. every time we tr- want to go in a direction or what do we, do? it's just not working out. It really boiled down to a, like kind of like a fuck it moment. Like I, I don't look, that's going to be quicker. Let's just go. Like we'll figure it out. I'm sure it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Like basically being optimists and by optimists, I mean idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really. I, I there's this lure of on a call, right? Uh, from a from a player point of view, it's like, oh, that that'd be cool. Like, let's go to on a call, but and it's sort of check it out, and that'll be exciting, hopefully, or at least, or extremely disappointing, which will also be exciting, right? It'll be something like, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? But oh, man, it's just a stupid idea. Wow, there's a, okay, Kelsey. Firstly, in the chat, I don't want to be mean, but that was kind of dumb. Uh, and then Irish Katana, desert was a worse decision than putting two arrows in the back of Elrath's head. Oh my Shit. gosh, chat, Jesus. Wow. 
What? This was one of the worst fuck it moments in DNR. My God. Wow. It's interesting. Good night, everybody. I mean, (laughs) here's the thing. I, there's a couple of questions about the desert comes up a lot actually in the Therian feedback session, but I, I, I can totally see from the standpoint of the group. Well, this is shorter. Let's go. And the Elatrider scene is knowledgeable. Yeah, I say, you know, I say that we we were like, fuck, fuck it. I don't think that was what was going on. It really was. It really was. This is getting critical. We we just have to do the shorter route. Like we right. already decided once that to not go to the mountains because that would probably take too long. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, crap. Now we have to make another decision. Well, we already made a decision not to take too long, so let's just take the shorter route. So we, right. I feel like we were just getting into a corner. And, you know, I'm saying as a player, that was a stupid idea. but And, like, especially none of your characters had ever been to the desert, so you didn't know no. the conditions that you That's were going into, you know? No, there's as far as we know, there's a road to on a, on a call in a way, right? It's like, oh, it'll be a little, you know, deserty, but it's a it's a path to get there. Like, you can just go. Right. But... It's basically it's going to end up being a stupid idea, you know, and well, it kind of already did in a way. It's interesting just because, um, and and to speak to the chat specifically, it's there's a fine line you got to walk between. Okay, I think rational people. If if I was talking to Mac and Bree and Jasper and and specifically Lisa and 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 uh, Zach and Jane, if I was speaking to you guys and asked you, it's like. Hey, do you think it's a good idea? I think most of you would be like, I probably not. I don't know. But right. in character, you guys have to, you have to work with your character's knowledge. And to take all that and just, by that point, Elrath had been sick for a while, was starting yeah. to get worse, wasn't even, like, you guys had confined her to a cart most days and stuff like that. So at that point, I feel like it's like, what was the shorter option? Let's do that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's really, really true. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But yeah, no. that's it. But it's, it's, I, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to, it was a bad, it was a bad session for you guys. <laughs> it was rough. I mean, it actually came through. It's like, I mean, we talked about this during the character chat not long ago, but it's, you're trying so hard. You're saying like, so you're all stuck in a sandstorm. Uh, everything really sucks. Uh, you know, uh, so I'm just thinking, so, you know, uh, Jasper, what would Merrick be thinking right now? Because then he wants to die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, like, what would he be, like, interested in anything else going on? No, he'd be staring at the at the ground and not wanting to talk to anybody. And you're like, well, you know, you know, like, would anybody want to talk? No. No, no. Yeah, we've been hours here. and hours and hours of thinking we're, you know, what are we, are we going to be covered up here and, di- and dead by morning? Oh, and, and... <laughs> And it's so it was a really rough session in that, mm-hmm. I, like I still feel this this like I'm listening to all these the the you know everybody talking about the other sessions that have gone on. I'm like and I'm like, oh that sounds so cool. That sounds like, <laughs> like it sounds really great that everybody's gonna die or not die and and, and but it's gonna be a cool death and it's like we're gonna be covered by sand and not be able to breathe. Like that's <laughs> basically it. like this is this is the best outcome for Elrath. Like this is like you're going to be covered with sand and not be able to breathe at all is better than what she's going through right now. So I felt so oh, shitty because it was I like okay obviously you guys decided desert. It's like okay here are all the things that could potentially happen in the desert. And we start rolling through. It's like wow you guys are hitting a lot of the bad things that can happen and, and the sandstorm was one of the worst. 
I mean, it's it's right above like dragon attack. Like <laughs> it's but, right there. Except except it's it's completely the other end of exciting. It's like right. this is really deadly. Also, it's fucking sand. Yes, it's 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 grinding. It's it's it's. <laughs> It's not even quicksand. It's just sand. No, it's just no, and, and it's, it's slow sand. This is it, slow sand. I, I felt so bad, and then it was like, "Well, you guys can't keep walking because it's gonna, it's gonna strip. It's it's bad enough that it will, it will hurt you, and it could potentially kill you after eight hours. But it's, it's mostly just hampering you. It's slowing you down. It's an obstacle. Yeah, and that was the shitty thing. And like you, like you said, me, me, we we talked about it. Um, and I think we all talked about it at DragonCon just a tiny bit, but just the desperately trying to get people to talk. And I, you can hear it in the call where everyone's like, this fucking sucks. No. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> I no. hate this. Not gonna get do us it. out of here. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we're like an hour and a half into the session. You're like, Ooh, roll. Oh, you got a sandstorm. And we're all, we like shut down. It's like, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> No, your call, dude. What's going on? <laughs> well, it get it gets sandier and lasts a little bit longer. Let's roll another die. Whoa, it's another hour. That's the best we could do. So it was it was pretty rough. But right. I, in a, in a way, okay. So back to sort of trying to not be a stand up comic, but be serious about this. It's it is really during that session. I I really felt like that feeling because I think I told you in the character chat like. <laughs> I've been through like hurricanes. I'm from South Carolina. I've been through hurricanes. One of the powers out. There's like boards up on the windows, and it's just this weird. You kind of go into like a like the world doesn't exist outside. You're like in the living room. You got a candle. That's about all you got, and you just don't pay. You just like zone out until it's all over. And this is what that felt like. And so Merrick was really just acting that way to me. but yeah, it sucks because we really were trying to make the best decision in terms of speed. Yeah, and I think but most not of you thinking guys about ju- yeah, yeah, not I thinking about sandworms or anything like that. But just like <laughs> let's, we got to get this over with. Because remember, all of this came together just a couple of sessions ago, where it's like let's all get together and go be adventurers. And then the yeah. first thing that happens is, oh, you're really sick. Well, you know what? Let's just go ahead and just take care of this. We're all healthy and good, except for you. Let's all take care of it. And then it just basically is going downhill. Right. And the next, and the last thing is, and your water supply is basically a big barrel of sand. What We're do you think gonna about talk that? about that too. And that's yeah. a good time. To, it's like, all right. Well, Jasper, yeah. Can I ask you a question about Merrick? Is yeah. he reconsidering his? Bout out of retirement. <laughs> of course. What do you think he was doing for six hours? Like he's like <laughs> he's he's thinking. He's definitely thinking about. I had a good life. I actually I could yell at people, and they would have to do what I said, and I could make really good food. And he's probably and a missing. week later. I am dying in the desert. This is yeah, like right. I just picture but, him grumbling to himself <laughs> about it. But but remember, there's something that that hasn't come up in the episodes at all, or or through any characters talking to each other. But just as a reminder, Merrick <laughs> pushed that that um, chest over to Elrath and said, "Here, pick this up." And then Elrath picked it up, and so it hasn't been mentioned, but. He mm. he kind of did that. He didn't mean to. He certainly didn't know that was happening. But you know Merrick is going to feel like I kind of gave you a death sentence. I'm really sorry about that. So he's he's pretty – I think he's pretty feeling shitty right now. 
And that's that, – that, that's the shitty thing that I think – I think a lot of people who listen would be like, no, I don't want to – I don't want to – like go through the desert because you could lose a character, but at the time you your your group is just getting together, and immediately it's like oh illness oh I kind of accidentally backdoor caused that. What's the quickest way to get you fixed up? And then it, that's how we got. There were a series of decisions that led to and the desert. Why don't we go through the desert? What a great <laughs> idea! Yes, it sounds like a stupid idea, but it really made sense. At the time. But again. Like like Jamie said, you you guys wouldn't have known that. That wouldn't be a thing. And up until then, Elrath. The worst part of this was for me. Uh, Elrath had been doing really really well so far with the conjects. So like really, uh, extremely lucky. Both in that um, her insides were doing pretty well, and she looked fabulous on the outside. There are two separate roles for that. Um, the. The shitty thing is, the longer this goes on, the harder the checks get, right? So during the eight hours, you guys are trapped under this cart, all except for Kaluna, who was trying to comfort yeah. the, the, the Which horse. Super sweet and is super amazing. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and all except for Kaluna. So you guys are just trapped under this cart. And I, I want to talk to Lisa because I'm wondering if she's thinking just like, yeah. Time's a ticking. Like, I need to go. Like, this is bullshit. And for everybody who wasn't in that episode, what was it like listening? Do, did you pick up on that, um, that abrasive feeling from, from the group? Did you pick up on a, like a frustrated, like, can we just go? Did, did anyone pick up on that? Well, kind of. Yeah. Like, she, she, she remains like very silent most of the time. And it's like counter character, but not counter character, but that's like that, that, that means a lot to a character that's very like outspoken. Normally, you can feel that like time is of the essence. Hmm. I think it was very like just frustrating all around too. Like just to get stuck for eight hours. <laughs> it sucked. I <laughs> can I tell you, everybody, listeners too. You know, we all of the you know. Jason and, and Bree do a great job of editing down the episodes. This actually played out in real time. So we were actually playing for eight hours straight. <laughs> and every moment was described to us in detail. But you don't get to hear that. Maybe on the Patreon stuff. Um, yeah, we're going to post a big nine-hour behind-the-scenes type of thing for that, uh, that episode. Oh, my God. It's honestly just us in a call, me going... <laughs> <laughs> and then every once in a while it's like more sand <laughs> for eight hours and um yeah it was pretty intense that was <laughs> <sighs> um there's a there's an elephant in the room we're not talking about too um or a werewolf rather um I we me and um uh, me and Jasper recently had a talk and I, I, I was talking to you about new mechanics for all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, same thing with the drinking, all that stuff. I don't like the one and done failures. I don't like, um, things that should be kind of a slow ticking down or like drinking. I don't like that's like, Oh, you failed that concept. Now you're drunk. That's not how drinking works again, except for Brie. And I think that, uh, a lot of that stuff needs to be a little more nuanced. So, 
Uh, we are, we are talking about werewolves next month in, uh, uh, in the Beastry on Patreon. So we'll probably be getting into that, uh, pretty heavily. So, um, I, I really can't wait for that, but I don't know if it's going to be a problem for the group yet. We'll, we'll see. Uh, eight hours in a snow, a sandstorm. That seems like no problem. I, that's pretty stressful. Yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, after the sandstorm, you guys got back on back not on the road, but you know what I mean. You're 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 traveling, and a few <laughs> a few more horrible things happen. Just to stupid. close out, it's the stupid worst. Shit. Just to, like that session seemed engineered to get on your guys' nerves because it's supposed it to. It really I, did, though. Yeah. It really got on our nerves, or at least me. I don't know, but <laughs> I've never really seen you like this. I know. I hate it. <laughs> amazing. I hated this session You're so bad. You're usually so nice and con- like you I don't. Hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Is that why you punched me at the con? No. Oh. <laughs> I have like twenty reasons for that. <laughs> no. But it was it. It would be bad enough with the sandstorm. And, and eating up eight hours. Then it's the description of like, yeah, this cart wasn't really built for the sand. So you guys are getting, you guys are, you're traveling really slow. Then there's mm-hmm. that. Then oh, there's cool. the yeah. amount of water you guys are sucking down. Oh yeah. Why not? Let's just keep going for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you put the rest of your adventure in the desert, please? <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to be in group, group, uh, group C is just desert group. <laughs> I want in there sand raiders journal character journal now. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's a good one. I feel like a shitty omnipotent force is guiding this party. Right. Be, guys, I'm gonna. I'll be back in a minute. I'm gonna take a leak, and there's like 30 minutes of like oh, fucking oh, oh, fucking oh, fucking massy. Oh, oh. <laughs> So to close things out, the group, well, the group doesn't discover, actually, it's Merrick and it's Avalan, discovers that Kaluna has been leading the party in the wrong direction for hours after this sandstorm. And that's after the decision. It's like, hey, the day's been eaten up. We have to push through the night. <laughs> this session was the worst for you guys. I hated that- this so much. I hated. It. I, I wanted to quit DNR. I was actually like ready. To quit. <laughs> but there is a bright spot, I no. guess. Uh, there, no, okay. <laughs> what do I know? Nice try. Um, <laughs> you guys, you guys looted a body. Uh, you found a body out in the uh, in the sand. That's true. Some poor, yeah, that's unfortunate. Cool. Uh, some poor, yeah, unfortunate no, soul. That poor, unfortunate. Get- they were the lucky one. <laughs> <laughs> so you found a, you found a few things on him. One of them was a statuette, which I have been asked about several times. Like, what's the statuette? What's it do? What, what do you think it does? Do you think it does anything, or is it just valuable? Because it's made of uh, made of like rare gems and stuff like that. Like it's polished. So, so I'm intrigued too, and I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that we, you know, I think Merrick did a, like an Arcana check or whatever. Um, and I think it, if I recall, it was a pretty good roll. At least I didn't feel uncomfortable about the the results, but it was like, no, it's not really. It doesn't seem magical or anything like that. And I don't know that I completely trust that yet. You know, like who knows what else it does? But I don't know what it could be. But I do know that Jason keeps mentioning it, which means that it's actually interesting. And I better keep it. 
What about everyone else? <laughs> uh, smiley face. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you're waiting for me to tell you, then you haven't been paying attention for the three years you've been on the show. <laughs> I don't know, but I do. I feel like um, if you're out in the middle of the desert and everything's going really, really poorly, and there's any, any good moment of, of a slight happiness from a DM, you get something cool. And I, I, that, I think it's something cool. That's all I know. I just don't know what it's going to end up being. Hmm. Did we ever find out what it was? Like what it was a statuette of? Uh, I don't believe anyone recognized it as anything. It was, uh, so it, it wasn't was... like an animal or a person. It was just, Oh no, it was a person. It was, yeah. um, a, a humanoid like a figure kind of wrapped in like a cloak, that type of thing. Polished meticulously. Like this thing was carved and like a lot of care and attention. That's, that's how I described it. Uh, it's not done though. I mean, this isn't, you know, this was thrown into his, his, pou- his belt pouch or something like that, but. For now, it's a trinket. For now, it's like a uh, this, this is this is a good memory from a great day. Um, <laughs> I'll put this on my shelf when I get back home. But uh, I don't know. I, I do feel like there's going to be something something interesting about that. If 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 nothing magical, uh, probably valuable to some degree. But I'll guarantee you, knowing that this is area and this is a fun game that this very well could be something that signifies something important or you know like someone will recognize and it will mean something not just valuable because of the gems but valuable because of what it what it i don't know maybe it's a key to something hmm. fine it's a key to something that's what i think it is Done. okay okay <laughs> Can we? I, can we? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, did I ever talk on the show about the orange with a screw, screwdriver in it? Is that something I mentioned before? I, I, I don't know. Go, go into it now. All right. I think it's an orange with a screwdriver in it. That's something uh, one of my DMs used to say and used to put in his games to fuck with one particular player, and it would <laughs> go into a room and he would describe like the curtains and the table, and on the table is an, or, an orange with a screwdriver in it, and then there's the the door like this, and then just like the player would pick up on it. It's like, yeah, but okay. I go to the orange with a screwdriver in it and I try to use it. And then of course the orange with a screwdriver in it did nothing, but I think that statue is specifically that orange. Really? So do you think, you think it's just, maybe it's just the thing Invaluable. specifically to fuck with Jasper as a human. Maybe. Like that was the <laughs> thing to break that's him. Like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the thing. Like the, the desert is even worse. I mean, knowing your behind-the-scenes relationship and the fact that you two actually hate each other, it kind of makes sense. Right. (laughs) You guys guys are all wrong about this. This, (laughs) I'm not joking, this thing, I'm not, I'm I'm, I'm putting money, I'm, okay, I'm placing bets right this second. Okay. This statuette Uh is going to, uh, whether it's the statuette or what it signifies, is going to be the primary, main, absolute core of Art 2. Wow. I think you're being cynical. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Irish Katana, when have I ever twisted the knife on anyone ever? Ever. Ever. I dare you to point to one dozen examples. Wasn't there a character with a power called Twist the Knife? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You can't use that term and say you've never done it. It's on our merch. (laughs) Uh, Finally, let's talk about water. 
You, did you hear that from the next room? Yeah, I can hear okay. it. <laughs> so let's talk about water. The last words for the session in character came from Avalan that were essentially, we've used up half of our water supply, which I feel are, <laughs> I feel like that is the perfect cap to that session. It is chilling. Um and you guys have not been traveling too quickly uh, through the desert. And if you were to travel <clears throat> um, straight through with no more interruptions, you have two and three quarter days left yeah, we'll in be the fine. desert. It'll be How fine. Do you, do you, that's, that's my next question is, everybody in the chat, too, what do you feel like the, 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 the back nine, so to speak, of this journey is going to be better than – uh, better than everything that's happened to them so far? Do you think they'll have enough water? Do you think you'll have enough water? Huh. No, I don't think we're going to have enough water to get there. It's going to be really, really rough. I really think that it's going to be the kind of thing where um, we either don't make it, and Group C doesn't exist anymore, or it's going to get to the point where people are really, are like unconscious on death's door, and somebody in the group is going to have, you know done really well with the constitution check and like has to go to own a call and try to bring someone back to, I don't know. Like it's going to wow. be, it's going to suck. That's pretty bleak. Gonna suck too. What's that? That's pretty bleak. Yeah. I don't mean everybody's going to die necessarily. I just mean, it's going to be really rough getting there. We may have to come up with another plan. I'm <clears> like, how do we get, how do we make this happen? Um, the, the, the other alternative is to try to, to fashion some way to be able to at least, like make a sieve and have the water, you know, at least be drinkable. Let me talk about something here. <clears throat> I love Lisa to death. <laughs> and here's why I'm saying that. Lisa will continuously do things as Elrath that she knows are suicidal. Even outside of character, I'm I Look, I've watched, I've watched a lot of movies and TV shows, just like everybody here, and I was under the impression that certain things worked. And uh, when it comes to water, like boiling salt water made it drinkable. Lisa, Ooh. Lisa works in the water industry <laughs> and is quick to tell everybody, it's like, actually, that's not true. And it's like, Shh, that could save your life. Shut up. We could. <laughs> but her dedication to water is so, it, it's like. No, sorry. I can't allow that to – I can't allow yeah. that terrible myth to be <laughs> continued. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's going to be rough. I, I really don't – I really don't know how we're going to get out of this um, or if all of us are going to make it through. Like I, I really don't know. We basically need to have some – Grants the wishes. Or maybe that joke was done before. No, it wasn't done before. It's just uh, you actually made me feel deflated because it felt so sarcastic. I was like, yeah, you're right. We don't have any chance. Uh, that wasn't the intention, but cool. No, yeah, but I'm glad you did it. Good Lord. Yeah, it's going to be rough. I really don't know how we're going to get out of this. And we, we did make some poor decisions and didn't really think it through. And, you know, I, I can only justify it by saying that in character, it was like all of our characters are like, I don't know who knew it was going to be that bad. Yeah, the no desert. one knows. This thing, hindsight's always going to be twenty twenty, and you could say the same thing about Group A if they were jumped by orcs and bludgeoned to death. It'd be like, well, you went in, would you think? Like anybody could do that. That's, I mean, it's it, some of it's luck, some of it's 
circumstances, some, you know, I, yeah, there's a lot of that. Does, does anyone have any closing thoughts about episode 12, uh, before we move on to, uh, theory and feedback? Yeah, I just yes, want to, oh, oh, go ahead. Go okay, I just wanted to say that if nothing bad happens, well, it's not an adventure then. I agree. I mean, it was awful and cool. <clears throat> wow. I am, Jasper, I am concerned. Do you want to talk, buddy, after this? No, I don't want oh. to talk to you at all. Oh, okay. Never, <laughs> <What>? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jamie, you were about to say something. I just wanted to ask, was there a specific character reason why you guys decided not to tell Kaluna she had made a mistake or they had made a mistake? Yeah, that was, I mean, Merrick specifically felt like, you know what? It's not, you know what? It's it's the middle of the night. We're going to just turn, get back on the road. And what are we going to do? Like just wag our finger and say, why did you do that to us? Like, it's not worth making Kaluna feel bad. It's right. just like I, no one here is going to know. It's just the two of us. Let's just keep this between ourselves. Like, let's just move on. Do you think that's already been a shitty day? Like, like them leading the way forward for you guys? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think simple, simple as that. I think where it's going to be. I mean, on the other hand, like Kaluna has always had really good nature type stuff right so there's a lot of reasons to to still value that and to think about it that way this will be the kind of thing like you broke my trust you're gonna have to earn it back um but i feel like yeah it might be like where does where do people want to go and kaluna points that way and and i might be like oh that's cool how about anybody else (laughs) that's the other thing too is um i made the sandwich analogy at dragon con which is essentially it's like oh yeah you could be good at something and do it a thousand times and then screw it up one time when it's really important. And that's, uh, I mean, everyone was under stress and Kaluna's not from the desert. So even being good at nature doesn't mean you're good at all nature. Right. So, I mean, you could always explain that away. It's just like, I don't fucking know. It's been a long day. Like that type of thing. (sighs) But yeah, it's interesting. Um, So let's move on here to, uh, to Therian feedback. And I'm, I, uh, man, there's some great, there's some great stuff in the, in the chat, actually. Cause, um, I, I wish we had the time to read all these out on the show, but man. Um, so anybody who sent us stuff either on the group page or, uh, Facebook or, you know, Discord, Twitter, all that stuff. Thank you so much. I grabbed as much of it as I possibly could. And we're going to sit and, uh, we're going to sit and discuss these real quick. And that'll be the close of the show. So, oh. <clears throat> um, Sergio Mendez starting things off. My question, <laughs> man, we're, we're going to keep going. Why own a call? Um, wouldn't it be easier to go to Brightport? At least Merrick has some connection with the, with House Dragon Keep. Uh, is that their deal that they're dealing with trading herbs, right? That's more, yeah, I mean, yes, that's true, but. <laughs> I hate to put you on the spot, but we, we kind of discussed why own a call, but why yeah. own a call, Jasper? I mean, the simple answer is that it was a snap decision. If you if you put yourself in that position, it's already been days. It's getting worse. It's like, crap. We're running out of time. It's like somebody's looking at their, at their watch. It's like, you know what? Just put a shorter route. And I that was the bottom line, the reason to do it. Of right. course, 
you know, looking at it from a player and, and outside point of view, it's like, yeah, I mean, come on. But it was really about being the shorter thing. But you're right. And, and very, very importantly, um, either Sergio or whoever typed this, Merrick is spelled M A R R E K. Sergio, um, Jasper's. Yes, yeah, don't ever uh, do that again. Jasper's a bit fussy tonight. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't even been drinking. Um, I love it, Jasper. You are cracking me up tonight. <laughs> oh, God. I was, that comes from a joke that it's not a joke, actually. Um, every time, Brie was positive. That's how you spell Merrick every single time. And every single time it would be just. Oh no! This is great. This Sergio is great because he actually used an A, right? Right. So I don't know what Brie was doing. It was like M Z Q Y Y. It wasn't that bad. It was E. I believe it was M E. Whatever it was, it was never right. Never, never, never right. (laughs) Moving on, uh, Calcivera on Discord. I believe Uh, actually new to Patreon, new to Discord. So welcome, Calcivera. What do the characters and players feel about the likelihood of getting Elrath uh, to help after the setbacks and progression of the disease? And have the players thought about what they're going to do if they can't? This is an interesting question. It's another elephant in the room type of thing. Um, everybody in the panel, what do you think the likelihood of them getting Elrath help in time is? I don't want to be the one to say... <laughs> Let's it's it, it look. This is just we're just talking odds. If, if if okay, if we were to place bets, and I said I would like you to wager your next paycheck on whether LRF gets help in time or not, what would your wager be? I would say that they will probably get somewhere in time, but I do not think that they will get the help that she needs in time. And it will probably be more painful that way, too, because it's like we finally got here and then they can't do anything. Interesting. Karen, what about you? Uh, basically the same thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's not good, especially after those last couple rolls. Hmm. Do. Uh, OK. <laughs> Speaking of rolls, do you think that maybe they're due for some good luck after this last session? Maybe. God, I hope so. Because <laughs> I love Elrath and I don't want to see anything bad happen to her. Um, Xavier, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to even those bets. Like, uh, I think they're going to make it in time and I think they're going to find help in time. Uh, they're all going to be worse for wear for sure. And that's going to be really exciting. But uh, I think uh, if I had to wage my next paycheck, yes. Yes, I would bet on uh, them finding finding help in time. Yes. And I, yeah, because just like you said, like, they're absolutely due for some good luck. Like, all the good rolls are going to be next session. And I'm not jinxing it because the other two before me (laughs) said they would die. So I think it's (laughs) just evening it out. There's a lot of negativity in the chat. A lot of, a lot of, nope, she's dead. Uh, Mara, kick, 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 kick. I see that also. Irish Katana, why? (laughs) Uh, Bouquet. I think she's going to make it. I have faith. Rob, weigh in. Um, so here's the thing. You, you described this mechanically as the rolls get harder, harder and harder. 
right? The longer this goes on, yes. Basically, yeah. there is a time limit. You can you can roll really well, and it'll buy you more time, but eventually everyone craps out. Okay, this, so there's no, like, rolling to beat this off without a no. cure. This is, no, okay. okay, you missed it because we, uh, th- this this came up in the episode. Therian diseases work a little differently than they do in the books. There's, there's, uh, they're, they're, they're done by classes, one through five. One is like, uh, the common cold, sniffles. You can, you can get rid of that pretty easily. You know, two gets a tiny bit harder. Three is like, you know, it sticks with you. Elrath has a level four disease. Okay. It's right under so, pandemic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's it's going to be a thing where she doesn't come out unscathed. Now, whether it's, wow, you've taken some serious, you know, ability damage or lost max HP or, or some other, like, debilitating thing that puts you below the curve for your level or, uh, hey, this really ripped you up to the point where, like, it only makes sense for you to retire from adventuring. Um I don't know, but but the the cold math of what you're describing to me is something that is uh, like, you know, if, if the if the roll is below a fifty fifty, sh- or if it's if it's better than a fifty fifty shot, mm-hmm. you know, theoretically, you should roll into progressively getting better if it's the thing where you get better. But like, the fact that the DC is going up just makes it inevitable that. You know, time is not on their side. So I, oh, no. I would say we're running out. Hey, uh, Elrath is not going to get out unscathed. There will be some some critical and important um, faculty or scarring or something that that's that comes about. That's interesting. But <clears throat> the way you're the way you're phrasing this, it sounds like you think that she is going to survive it. Uh, yeah, I think she's going to live because if you kill her, you can't make her suffer. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wowza. I mean, out of everybody in the call, Rob has known you the longest. So is this a roast? No. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. Who came back to play Malchus? Who's been with the show the longest? Oh, and, oh, and Malchus has become a, a particularly that's... cold and cynical character in response to his life in Theria. I wow, man, you <laughs> wound me to the quick, sir. I oh. uh, <laughs> wouldn't be an adventure without some setbacks, huh? Huh, team? <laughs> <laughs> you got my face. We'll see. <laughs> oh. You guys are dicks. David Jones uh, writes in, what are the mechanics for alcoholism? So we we talked about this. And again, I wanted to uh, just really quickly without getting into a bunch of numbers and stuff, it's getting late. But um, what I wanted to do was just kind of create something with a bit more nuance, right? So yes, there are con saves, but it isn't a one con save and you're out, uh, you're drunk type of thing. So the the difference being that you guys are drinking one of the strongest beverages known to people. That's kind of <laughs> what ratcheted this up really quickly. Um, so yeah, we're taking, we're taking con saves, uh, constitution itself into, uh, into, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Into, I can't remember words, but yeah, we're taking, we're taking con, um, uh, into it, and then we're we're kind of moving on from there. So we accelerated everything really quickly with Donovan. Um, but under normal circumstances, uh, a night of drinking, you're going out and you're drinking ale or something like that, it would be something similar to the disease thing where it's like, look, everybody's going to get drunk eventually. 
everyone has a threshold, but um, it, it, basically what we're what we're doing is uh, we, we created something that's um, people could go out and have fun and drink and just get a little tipsy. And there's there's different mechanics for that too, where it's like, oh, you'll uh, your inhibitions will be stripped away a little bit and stuff like that. And it could it could play some really fun games with a, a character's perception on things and stuff like that. Uh, let's see. How are you? How are you so good at voicing creepy people? Um, I don't know. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> see, is the role for illness uh, internally and the role for how ill you look intended to create the result we are seeing where her or where Elrath, uh, where Elrath's organs are essentially liquid, but her acne breakup is really cleared up. I like the idea of. <clears throat> Um, if you've ever watched a movie or something like that and a character is ill, but they look fine, that type of thing where you find out it's like, oh man, they had cancer, that type of thing. That is, that is a thing that happens in real life. That so I like the idea of a character being sick and maybe feeling ill, but exhibiting no signs of that externally or the reverse where they, they look like shit, but it's like, I feel fine. I, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting mechanic. And um, so far, Elrath is rolling really, really well for both things. Um, but visually, the, the the way the rolls have worked out, Elrath just looks amazing. That type like, oh, she's got a great glow, that type of thing. Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> good God, what is it tonight? Ryan Haywood, why do you hate Group C? Yeah. I don't feel like I do hate Group C. I don't – Group C is having a rough patch right now. I would debate that Group B had a rougher patch last month. Uh Character lost a hand. They they got jumped near the Silver Glade. Now, I don't feel like any of that was um, – was extra anything. I, I, I feel like it was just decisions paired with bad roles. And that happens sometimes. Meanwhile, I think group A is doing pretty well for themselves. I get no credit for that. Just the best. Uh, there's, it's a really long fuse, but it's lit. <laughs> <Jesus>. Okay. <laughs> in that everyone dies eventually. If, okay. If Malchus dies of old age, is that something I did to Malchus too? Like, well, uh, sure. well, yeah. you're running the world. I mean, no. Um, <laughs> but but uh, also, just as far as like, you know, mm-hmm. why does Jason hate Group C? Like, also, look, you guys, like, n- number one, not every session can land like a firecracker, right? Like, in the in the grand scheme of like, you know, totally. 200 plus episodes of DNR, yeah. there's a worst episode somewhere, right? And like, <laughs> like every episode exists on a continuum. Um, between the worst episode and the best episode, you know, it, by relative comparison, um, certain episodes are going to be kind of brutal and kind of grindy. So I like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't interpret any given session as an indication of like, man, I'm really going to put this group through the ringer. Totally. It's more of a, Hey, like D and D exists on a spectrum. Some, you know, uh, some sessions are glorious and triumphant. Some sessions are absolutely gutting, you know? So, well, that's the it, roller coaster, right? Sorry. Go ahead, Jasper. No, I'm just, you know what? I want to, I want to sort of just temper my being sort of exaggerated about all this. I mean, nothing bad happened. Like, you know, it wasn't that bad of an episode for, for the characters, um, in the sense that, 
you know, there people could have died or people could lose hands or, you know, we could have had a lot of other random encounters and stuff. It was just really just rough. And I think the session itself was just rough because of the circumstances. But yeah, Rob's right. It's like, you know, it's, first of all, it ain't that bad. It really ain't that bad. And even it's if it definitely were, grindy, man. Yeah, it's I, definitely I grindy, totally but it's it. not like, it's not like you're going to tell this to your children. It's just more like, ah, <laughs> Well, okay, let me ask one question before we move on. Who do you think has had the worst luck out of everybody in this arc so far? And I guess I'll pose that to everybody in the chat, too. Hmm. Hmm. Uh-huh. It's not Group A. We're, I mean, we're doing, we're doing, as yeah. far as things are concerned, we're doing pretty good. See, it's like, like okay, so, yeah, we had a party member lose a hand, but yeah. Group C has, like, a party member with a deadly disease so mm. it's apples and oranges <laughs> I, I, I kind of think it's Elrath just because Elrath didn't even do anything to deserve anything like that like that right. and it's really bad for, for True. Her, you yeah. know and, well, I, did kill a mouse deserve <laughs> if it's between Elrath or Calvin I think it's Elrath because like losing a hand like it's one and done, right? Like it's written. That's what I was thinking. It's like, yeah, it took what? It took ten minutes. You're done. Yeah, like Elrath is having to live with this and be like, oh, geez, when's the next die roll coming? Like, I think that that level of dread is worse than mm. okay. Yeah. Now I can move on with life and adapt to not having a hand. Right, Plus, and then losing no- a day to travel, losing a day of travel, just sitting there knowing that right. I got another dice roll coming up. We could have been moving. Plus, mm. no See, hand. Like, cool. I- I semi agree, but if you take into account that we had to deal with Jason's Ripley voice, it's sort of like leaning more towards. Oh no! Now we're talking about which, which, who was, the, who's the player that the player who has suffered the most, not the player. Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, well definitely. All of you. Boy, what do you hear? What all the Eladrin sound like? Um, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> I just want them to be super uh, hello. annoying. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Uh, would anyone from group uh, – w- uh, could anyone from group A have gotten so wrecked from that booze that they died? Alcohol poisoning is a thing and in if very extreme circumstances, yeah, someone someone could die uh, if they drank just too much. I, I wouldn't say if, – if the next question is how close is Donovan, not even kind of. Like it. It's fine. Like <laughs> okay, but how close am I to losing like my my vision of color? Um, you still got a ways to go. Like okay. you're not that. Like okay, if you continued to drink that shit, yeah, you're poisoning yourself. Like things All right, get you bad. Got it. <laughs> um, would Gripsy have rather faced a sandworm than that storm? No. No, because that could have been like so much worse. I mean, the storm sucked, but at least it wasn't. Oh, here's imminent death. Actually, trying to eat me. Right. So I don't know. I mean, it would have been quicker potentially, and we could have gotten on our way. But you know what? The truth is, is that we could have had the sandworm and then rolled uh, one more time, and then had the same sandstorm. So I'm glad we didn't have more random encounter types there. It's interesting. Uh, I'm I'm watching the chat, and it, it's definitely down between uh, Elrath and Calden in terms of most listeners and, and cast members, uh, and they're debating on kind of who has it worse. Aiden 
uh, says Calden Calden can get a Warforged hand and replace it. Alarath can't exactly get a new life once Slough Fever runs its course, or a new party member if they get uh, further lost in the desert. Oh, you stick her soul in a in a Warforged. Ooh. Oh, uh, a small if- statuette. <laughs> hey all right it's all full circle tiny Elrath. that's the ne- um if a sam word showed up was anybody going to try and modib what modib modib is that the, is the name of, of the ma- it is the name of the mouse shadow on the third moon of arrakis what i don't know what, what you just, just said just but we're glad to have you <laughs> did i have a stroke <laughs> no, that was me. No, Muad'Dib. It's uh, it's from Dune. Oh, Ooh. Dune! I, no one watched Dune. What? Dune. That's not. Uh, it's a. Watched. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm Jesus kidding. Christ! I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, Red. The answer I, here is, you know, if there was a sandworm, that Merrick would have been like, "I'm riding this shit. This is my new. This is this is how we're getting to own a call. Jump up Lord. on the back, stick a couple of daggers in there with some rope, make a harness." done wow man i'm getting all kinds of shit in the chat. <laughs> um sorry guys i didn't mean to insult your favorite movie dune um we're i know all, it's a really good movie nurse. that's what happens yeah it's a really faithful recreation of that uh series of books i i know um let's see uh fi- <laughs> finally uh what would it take for Braylon to realize those disguises aren't great. Well, none of us can speak for Alex. Um, he knows, though. <laughs> Braylon knows that those disguises suck. I'm He's just playing it off. I'm pretty sure he knows. You guys took those off really quickly, by the way, when uh, you didn't need them anymore. Oh, I got <laughs> lost in the woods. Shucks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see, Michael Jiraki, uh, kind of, hi, baby, um, uh, broke down his questions in group A, B, and C form. Group A, so, uh, you all got out there with, you all got out of there with your spines still, uh, inside your bodies. How do you guys think this is going to go? Do you think the orcs will actually stop trying to kill off the elves? Or do you think it's more likely that Gorkal is going to challenge Groon's authority? Um... I'm guessing he means that the other way around, that Groon might challenge mm. for leadership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, if if Gorkal is in charge, I think things are going to go well. If Groon makes a power play, I think things are going to go really bad. Um, so, uh, in other words, I think, I think we had a meaningful conversation with the orcs that provided the current regime stays in power. It will be effective. The question is, <clears throat> you know, whether or not um, Gorkal will be overthrown or whether or not the elves will pop off because they've had enough. So uh, those are those are the two bad news possibilities that are in my crystal ball here. Uh, what about you, Xavier? I don't know. Uh, we, we're, we've been saying Groon, but we I think we're, we mean Orag? Orag, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just want to make sure. Uh, Groon really didn't Groon's do cool. anything. Yeah, Groon's, Groon's fine. fine. I like Groon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I think uh, Orag, I don't know how cunning orcs can get, but uh, I feel like if anything, if we like strike a truce with the elves, like I, I, I'm very cautious about Orag just going out with a small band of his own, a small party and just like start 
instigating combat or like breaking the truce on it, like in the name of all orcs, but just like on his own and just like forcing Gorkal to retaliate against the elves that act that just re- retaliated and just like escalating again. It, I, I think what we're discovering here is that orcs aren't stupid. Um, they're not incapable of diplomacy. They're not incapable of learning a new way of life, but, um, Groon, Groon is, is sort of the in-between, whereas Oreg is very much about the old ways of doing things and, uh, hasn't adapted too well to, um, to the whole diplomacy side or, or bartering or anything, anything less than completely getting his way. Uh, I think he sees as a defeat and you bring in someone like Ubo and I think it really stokes that fire where he might not be as incensed uh, it would definitely be an irritation, but I think having having Gorkal kind of side with Ubo and it's like, okay, we'll try it your way. I I really think that's a, a, a huge thorn in Oreg's side. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Uh, group B, is there any reason that you guys didn't try to pick off a few members of the Fang? I mean... It would be stupid to take them all on at once, but why not take a shot at them in small groups while they're drunk and compromised? I mean, they were all... Oh, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I was going to say, they were just like, they were all there at the bar. There wasn't like any one group that wasn't like off by themselves. And there were a lot of them. There were a lot of them and we were two party members down. Yeah. Um, Braylon and Calden needed to rest because, well, they we had gone through so much as a group. Um, so I don't think, even if we had taken them off in small groups and, and done that, it, I don't think it would have worked out. I don't think we really, like, expected that bar scene to, like, go as far as it did. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> I guess the closest you guys would have had a chance to do that is Ripley, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's just one. That's <laughs> I mean, like it would have been really tough for you to try and take out more than that. And even that, you still got two party members back at the inn, and yeah, it could have got messy. Oh boy, Group C, Sandstorm. Damn, you guys got screwed. I really thought when Charles refused to guide you through the desert that you guys would just keep on going to Brightport. Was the line of thinking just that Takon might be able to hook you up with a cure for Elrath? Is that, uh, that, that's, that's interesting. Would that have been, I mean, uh, I guess Merrick? I don't even know if Merrick really knows anything about, uh, where Dagon would be living or anything like that. No, Was that I don't mean, no, not at all. I mean, I, I think it was, I don't even think it was about anything special about Eladrin or anything like that. It was just shortest route. Let's go. Like, you know what? Uh, screw it. I'll go to, you know, Drock's tomb if it were closer. Like, I don't care. Right. Just, you know, let's just see if there's somebody there that can help. Okay. So there wasn't a whole lot of thought about it like that. Right. And we've covered it pretty thoroughly, uh, I feel. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of ranting. A <laughs> uh, bunch of stuff from Bree. Uh, I'd like to hear Rob talk about how it felt playing Ubo in a diplomatic uh, in diplomatic situations after playing Malchus for so long. Was it hard to hold himself back? Um, Ubo 
is hard for me to play in general. Um, I'm, I, I've said before that I, I created Ubo to take me out of my wheelhouse and I don't think I could have possibly succeeded more. (laughs) Um, so yeah, Ubo, like I've played characters who are, uh, who, who don't have a strong mastery of language before I played one in college. Um, I've played, you know, characters who are, uh, uncharismatic but are at least nice like so so ubo is this combination of kind of inarticulate um kind of savage and also like now like he wants something that is very counter to at least part of the party's agenda but he also is like, well, you know, these people are treating me better than I was ever treated as a half breed in my own orc tribe. So like he's, he's, he's a conflicted character, um, who, who doesn't have the gifts that I usually lean on when playing a character. Hmm. Um, so yeah, in, in particularly in a diplomatic situation where I have to keep being Ubo for long periods of continuous time, you know, uh, say the right things and, and move the conversation along and um, have a, have a positive impact on how the story turns out. Um, that's, that's incredibly challenging, right? Like there, there are, some, there are times when I want to kind of channel the old, uh, the old Malchus uh, way of thinking and operating. Um, and I, I can't do that. Um, and then there are also like times after sessions where I think to myself, like, oh, man, like, this thing that I just thought of just now would have been a cool Ubo thing to do and would have delivered really well and made him maybe made this scene go better. Uh, I, I have, I, I think I have more hindsight moments with Ubo than I ever had with Malchus. With Malchus, things, things more often landed um, how, you know, I wanted Malchus to land them. Um, so, yeah, uh, Ubo, Ubo is incredibly challenging to play. Um I think that the experiences I have in play with Ubo will determine whether that gets easier, right? Like the more time I play him, the more in play history I'll have to lean on and, and more, um, you know, uh, touchstones to, to use as a foundation for interactions. Um, but yeah, as of this time, Ubo is very challenging to play. I'd like to I'd like to compare that like 50 episodes in or something like that. I'd like to I'd like to kind of revisit that because it, Malchus is a little more in your wheelhouse, a little a little closer to like who Rob is. Um, uh, and, not one to one, obviously. Not, not, not you know. Um, <laughs> but I mean, a bit more eloquent, a bit more of a thinker. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm. I'm not an incredibly like extroverted person moment to moment. Like I'm not going out like seeking um, to, to put on a show, but when I, when I sit down and when I'm role playing and when I want to like, you know, crack up or entertain the other people at the table, like, yeah, you know, I can, I can really lean into that. And so, uh, you know, Malchus, Malchus's personality plays to my desire to at the table, amuse and entertain the people that I'm sitting with and to, you know, like show them a good time and a funny time or a dramatic time or those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that, that Ubo doesn't. 
Um, did Xavier find it hard to RP as a drunk character during such a tense scene? Did a part of you want uh, to have him snap out of it to help, or were you happy to just let go of the situation? I was actually pretty pretty happy to have something to latch onto, uh, especially because it was again like a negotiation diplomatic scene. So every, every everyone else was involved in some point. You had Ubo and Amvin who came to do that, and then even Maddie was. Uh, taken inside the the conversation, so the fact that yeah, that gave me something to just like make little inserts and contribute to the scene without necessarily getting involved. Because to be honest, if he didn't get drunk, I don't know what Donovan would have done in the scene. Hmm. Like uh, he would have sat and like waited to for for something to happen, but I don't think I would have uh, done many uh, interactions during the scene. So I was pretty happy that I got the chance to do that, and it's. Like it's hard to play a drunk character in another language than, than your own because you don't know where to like put the the mumbles and the the, the slurs in your voice. So that's something I'm I'm looking forward to do like uh, next session maybe uh, if if he's still drunk at that point. But uh, especially since it happened so quickly because of the the skull splitter, like I I couldn't find a, a natural progression. To make yeah, him like kind of from tough. zero to one hundred, so yeah. I tried to just be in that like riding that line between being a, nu- a nuisance and between uh, like not doing much, and I'm I don't pretty happy was, with what happened. Yeah, I don't think it really approached nuisance. I think it was it, like kind of picking those spots and jumping in. Right yeah. There. Do you know who I felt bad for in that session was was Amphin. I felt bad for Michael because like <laughs> everything happened in, in another language. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's like still waiting. Still waiting for that sign. Like he didn't, there, there wasn't too much he could do. And that's his wheelhouse. That, that, um, being a diplomat, being like that, that's kind of his thing. But everything took place in a different language. So he had very little to do, uh, mm. for, for a little bit. Yeah. But he's going to shine when we actually go to the evergreen. I'm thinking. I, yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, was the voice for Ripley what Jamie wanted? I remember being fucking elated when I heard Darmok for the first time. Was Ripley like that? Um, hmm. <laughs> well, I would say I probably put a little bit more thought into uh, Ripley's personality and behaviors more than the voice itself. Mm-hmm. I definitely wanted him to come off um, being sort of sleazy, but at the same time, like... Like, obviously, somebody would have had to fall for this person, so also sort of, like, quick-witted, and um, it's re- I keep wanting to jump to the word charming, but that isn't the word that I'm looking for. I can't think of right what I'm going for. Um, but when I initially heard the voice, I was in a bit of a state of shock. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't expecting it, um, but it fits so well with... Sleazy but smooth. I like that. <laughs> I don't even know if I'd classify him as smooth. I like. I'm sure that's someone's type, right? Eh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was initially a little uh, surprised, but it fits so well with the backstory that I had laid out. Um, and the personality that I had set out for him that mm. I, yeah, I, I like it kind of, <laughs> uh, how does Karen feel about facing Brock and Krista once more as a new character? Um, 
kind of mad. <laughs> really? I know. I well, like, because like when we met them in what was it, like Fair Bay or whatever, like mm-hmm. Arena didn't know what was going on. So now, like, she knows. So like that character now knows what's going on, but now I have another character who knows nothing <laughs> about them. Did it's, you like, know? Frustrating. I. <laughs> um, you have had the most characters on the show. Achievement unlocked. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to look at it, Garrett. I'm yeah. just never satisfied with like one thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm gonna do is have you be grief counselor for other people who lose characters that they might not be. Um, they might not be in touch with those feelings, and you could you can walk them through it. I'm on it. I will be DNR's guidance counselor. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, how does Jasper feel? Uh, how does Jasper feel? Group C's dynamic compares to G three. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, it's very different for sure, and I think that that you know, arc two being where a couple of groups kind of got put together from from arc one, sort of. Uh, cobbled together in a, in a way, I think there's still a lot to figure out. Like I, I think we've got, you know, the Kalunameric thing, and then we've got the other stuff going on the other side, and we've got Clara who's totally new. And honestly, there's we've been racing around so much to try to help Elrath. I feel like we haven't had a good chance to be able to really find out what that dynamic is. Mm. Um, so I'm I, I'm inter- I'm very very interested because you know the the the, the group three the G three stuff definitely had a dynamic and you know, if Una was there or not there and all sorts of things. I think this is where we've got a blank slate in a lot of ways. That's, so, that's yeah. fair enough. Another thing I'd like to check in on like 50 episodes and see. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Oh boy. <clears throat> Get ready for another question about the fucking sandstorm. Oh, uh, Chris Sabo. Sorry if this is too technical, but I had a question about prep. Playing a lot myself, I know this is the least sexy part about playing, but usually a group about to head into a place like the Wastes that I've ever run or been a part of has taken one or even multiple sessions um, in their entirety to prep. I personally felt like there was very little prep, though I don't want to imply that's a bad thing. Uh, did that not happen due to keeping the show entertaining, oversight on the player's part, or some other reason? I'm mostly curious as to why that situation was different from the average game I'm familiar with. So, um, for those who are confused, I, I believe Chris is talking about, uh, preparation of, of, of heading into, uh, the desert, basically. It's like, why didn't the party yeah. do more to prep for that? I, uh, Chris, I think the this. I think the missing ingredient from your group is a little thing we call courage. All right, um, <laughs> didn't feel the need to prep. Uh, they went boldly, depending on their wits uh, right. to guide them, their nature checks to feed yeah. them, uh, yeah, and their their uh, courageous minds to mm. see them through. Yeah. Now, what, one of the things that probably got cut out um, just from the editing is that we have a barrel of water. We also have a barrel of confidence. And <laughs> where's the confidence? How how much is that depleted since the? Uh... Oh, that that actually that had a hole in it. It ran out. <laughs> yeah, it's full of sand. Yeah, it's full of sand. Um, uh, the the I think you're right. Like th- there should have been a lot more prep to be able to go into the desert. But I really I sort of maintained that 
none of us really thought about that being that big of a deal. It seemed like, yeah, that's the desert if you go into the desert. But if you stay on the road, you're fine. Like it'll just right. take a little bit of time to get there. So I think it wasn't as thought through I, from a from a character point of view, but also from a player point of view. I think <clears> none of us thought like, well, we should really get a bunch of supplies. It was like, let's get let's get some supplies quick and go. Well, okay, none of your characters are rich by any means. Uh I think you guys felt like you did prep. You talked to a guide uh who gave you yeah. some pointers, you had yeah. a cart, and you brought lots of water. So I feel like your characters would be like, yeah, we got this. Yeah, but to, yeah, exa- you're exactly right. And to Chris's point, is like, yeah, we probably right. really prepped like we should have. But I think definitely in hindsight, where we're, the, the characters are thinking, yeah, this was a bad idea. Right. It's like going out in the rain and going out and, and you don't take an umbrella, you don't take a raincoat. And it turns out that it's going to be pouring rain that day and you're just miserable. Right. That, and you're like, I'm such an, I should have checked. I should have checked. Right. Why didn't I check? Except that we might all die. Right. And we'll see. Uh, and that's going to close us out, guys. That uh, that that wraps us up. I I want to thank everybody: uh, Rob, Xavier, Jamie, uh, Karen, Jasper. Thank you guys so much for for doing this and uh, for for doing Extended Rest Live. Thank you everybody in the yeah. chat for hanging in there and and talking. Do you guys have any closing thoughts about this month, uh, content wise? Anything at all? Dude, Sounds like a no. Sounds like a no. All right. Cool. Um, Karen's baby. Any thoughts? Karen's baby. Karen's baby. Anything? (laughs) Nothing? Really? He's eating his fingers. Oh, that's very telling. Classic Karen's baby. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Uh, Thank you guys so much for for hanging out with us. We'll see you next uh, next week. We got another – we're we're kicking off uh, October – um, I, I think we, yeah. So October, all, all October long, we're going to be doing Halloween themed stuff, uh, for Patreon. We're going to be, you know, we talked about the werewolf thing. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of different stuff. So stay tuned to that. And, um, yeah, we, we were kind of prepping a special one shot, uh, for that. We'll, we'll see, uh, see where that ends up, but thank you guys very much. And, uh, I guess we'll see you next time. Bye guys. Uh, see ya. We really hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Thank you so much for everybody who took time out to join us on Twitch and be in the chat. Obviously, we do extended rest once a month. We always try to give people plenty of notice. It's usually the last Friday in the month. October is going to be a big one because we're kind of doing a spooky theme for everything, especially on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash D-A-N-D-R... We'll be doing a complete month of spooky-themed stuff. Uh, we were very much inspired growing up, uh, like the Simpsons Halloween episodes. Roseanne used to do it. A whole bunch of different shows like that. And we kind of missed that. So we wanted to sort of do an entire month of Patreon content that's just themed after Halloween stuff. In the Beastery, for $1, we're going to be talking about werewolves, their stats, how they operate in the world, their eating and feeding habits, how you can run them on your table at home. And that's just at the $1 level. Throughout the entire Patreon, we're going to be doing Halloween stuff. And we really want you to get in on the act. If you're a Patreon backer, we're going to be putting up polls, we're going to be asking you guys questions, and uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. If you'd like to give us a five-star review on iTunes, of course, we love that stuff. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dungeons and Randomness, all spelled out. You can follow us on Twitter at D-A-N-D-R Podcast. And, of course, you could send us an email at D-A-N-D-R Podcast at gmail.com. 
Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week with a brand new episode.